0: A Gentle Thief, written and performed by Amanda Dixon. Episode 22. In episode 21, Khan drives back from Las Vegas completely broke. When he approaches his house, he sees Gina running at him wildly. When she reaches him, she yells to tell him that Maddie is dead. He is shocked, of course. He drives over to Maddie's house. There are cars all around, including police cars. The cops want to talk to him about where he was the night before, and can anyone corroborate his testimony? The officer asks him, did Maddie ever say anything about wanting to hurt herself? And he answers, yes. And now, episode 22 of A Gentle Thief. Fear shot through Sophie like an electric shock. She panicked, looking at the window above Khan's bed and wondering if she could climb up on the bed and get out the window before he made it the 20 feet from the back door to his bedroom. She thought of hiding in the closet and was moving in that direction when her cell phone rang in her pocket. She shoved her hand down in her pocket, the sound only getting louder as it came out into the open before she pushed the ignore button and silenced it. What the... She heard Khan say as he rounded the corner. Mercifully, she didn't have time to die any more before she saw his face standing in the doorway. "Who the hell are you?" he asked, with less ferociousness than she had expected. "Um, uh, I'm Sophie," she managed to get out, hoping she didn't lose control of her bladder. The man she believed killed Madeline Johnson was standing right in front of her. His expression went from shock to curiosity. "'Do I know you?' he asked, doubting his own eyes. "'No, but I know you. "'She might as well come out with it. "'There was no going back now. "'At least I know of you. "'You want to tell me what the hell you're doing in my bedroom?' "'She couldn't tell if she was in danger "'or whether he was flirting with her. "'I shouldn't be in here. I'm so sorry.' "'Sophie moved toward him, "'hoping he would let her walk out into the living room. "'Forgive me, Con. How do you know my name? She wasn't giving him information fast enough. Can we just sit down for a minute and I'll explain everything? Then if you want to yell at me or call the police or whatever, I'll completely understand. But let me try and explain it to you. He stepped out of the doorway and led her back into the dining room. He pulled out a chair and sat with his back facing the picture of him and Maddie. Sophie pulled the chair out opposite him. She smiled nervously. My name is Sophie Brownlee. I'm a lawyer. I work for, oh, for crying out loud, a lawyer. Is this about child support? Can I just tell you how sick I am of lawyers? And yeah, I'm going to call the police because you have no business coming in my home. He started to get up when Sophie interrupted him. You may want to hear me out first. I'm not here about child support. I'm here about Madeline Johnson. Sophie was amazed at how calm she sounded. Khan eased back down. His face softened. Maddie Johnson? What about Maddie? Her father hired me. Oh, I get it, he interrupted her, his voice taking on a knowing quality. Her father still thinks I killed her. Man, that guy just won't quit. He spent his whole life trying to stick me with this, but it won't stick for a reason. I didn't do it. Then who did? Sophie asked bluntly. Khan paused, He wasn't sure anybody had ever asked him that question before. She did. Who? Maddie. Maddie killed herself. Don't you know that? Khan seemed to be mocking her or someone. I know what the state medical examiner says. I know what the cops say. I've read all the reports and it just doesn't add up. I know. I always thought there was something missing, but nobody would listen to me, especially not Maddie's dad. Did you ever talk to him? No. Well, I tried to at the funeral, but he was too messed up. And then he got it into his head that I killed her, and that was the end of that. Why did he think that? Why do you think he still thinks that? They were talking so comfortably all of a sudden. It felt like Con was about to get up and offer her something to drink. Her journal. Maddie kept a journal. Several, actually. And the last 50 pages were all about me. She was obsessed with me, he said matter-of-factly. Why was she obsessed? Isn't it obvious? He laughed and held his hands up. Now he was flirting with her. Sophie smiled faintly. So back to why you broke into my house, Con started. I didn't break in. I knocked on the back door and it pushed open. And you just decided to come in and take a nap? I'm sorry. I've never done anything like this. I saw the picture of you and Maddie across the room, and I knew I had seen it before. Her father kept that picture. She gestured behind him to the picture on the hutch. Con reached back and grabbed it. Really? He questioned. Her father kept a picture with me in it? It's in her file now. It was one of the first pictures I saw. That and one of Maddie and her dad that looks like they were hunting. There was one from her wedding day and one of her cat, at least I think it was her cat, Poncho. It was her cat when she was like 15. Sophie nodded, amazed that he remembered a detail like that so many years later. Her dad sent me all the pictures and then the pictures of her from the night she died and autopsy pictures. Sophie paused for a moment. I haven't been able to think about very much else since the day I saw them. You know, you remind me of her, he said out of the blue. Sophie blushed. Really? Yeah. She would have been about your age when she died, right? Sophie didn't respond. The blonde hair and the smile. Khan pushed back from the table. He walked to the kitchen and opened the fridge. Want a beer? He called. "'No, uh, no thank you,' Sophie answered. He got himself one and walked back into the dining room. "'What did you come here for?' Con asked without malice. "'To find out what happened to Maddie.' "'And you thought I'd know?' "'Yeah.' "'I don't. Not for sure, anyway.' "'Well, what do you think happened? "'Do you believe she killed herself, like, like everybody says?' Con paused. He took a long swig from a bottle of Miller Lite. Nope. Sophie stayed and talked to Con until after 7. He had asked her if she wanted to have dinner, go out somewhere, but he didn't push when she declined. She told him she was married and tried not to show how creeped out she was by the invitation. She left by the front door this time, thanked him for his time, and got in her car. She pulled her cell phone out of her pocket and dialed voicemail. She had five new messages. Hi, baby, Sean said. I got your message. I wish you wouldn't go off like this without thinking it through. I'm afraid you'll just be disappointed. I suppose you've got to do what you've got to do. Be careful up there. Don't go playing Wonder Woman or anything. Call me when you get a chance. Sophie smiled and deleted the message. The second message was also from Sean. Hi, baby. It's getting late. Are you uh, in Cedar City yet? Call me. I'm starting to worry now. The third message was from her brother, and the fourth message was Rosie. Hi, Sophie. It's Rosie. I thought you'd want to know this as soon as possible. The other two ME reports came back today. I opened them and laid them on your desk. I glanced at the cover letters and... They both say it was a suicide. I'm sorry, Sophie. I know you were hoping they'd come back different. Maybe there's still something we can do to convince them. Maybe we could... Well, let me know what you want me to do. Sophie's mouth opened. Her brow furrowed, and she turned her head to the left. Then she heard the next message start. It was Sean... Okay, so you're starting to scare me now. It's seven o'clock. Where are you? Are you lying down along the side of the road? Did you find that guy and he's taking you hostage? Are you leaving me for one of the lawyers? Call me. Sophie snapped out of her shock and dialed her husband. Are you okay? He answered the phone. I'm sorry, baby. I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to worry you. She felt on the verge of tears. Well, You did. Sean interrupted, sounding angry and relieved at the same time. It's been such a whirlwind. Her mind was floating, coming here, meeting Khan, talking to Dr. Theron, seeing the centurium and... The what? The centurium. It's this amazing sculpture. Well, really, it's a group of sculptures. And then... You're visiting art museums? Sean asked, sounding more annoyed. Look... "'Baby, I'm not explaining this well. "'I just heard from Rosie the second before I called you. "'The other two M.E.s came back. "'Suicide, and I just need... "'I I just need to figure this out. "'What is there to figure out? "'You're tired. "'It is what it is. "'It's a suicide. "'I know you don't want it to be, "'but that's what it is. "'Now tell your client and come home.' "'Sean sounded so severe. "'Sophie waited a second... "'then mustered her courage and her trust. "'I'm not quite done, Sean. "'I know you want me to be done, but I'm not. "'Not quite. "'I just need a little more of your patience. "'Can you give me that? "'Give me just a little more time to think this through, "'and I'll call you in a while.' "'Sean sighed, defeated. "'Sure. "'Thank you. "'I know I've pushed you beyond your limit, "'beyond any man's limit.' I know I've taken advantage of what a kind and supportive and patient man you are. And I'm sorry. I want you to know I'm grateful. But don't you see? It's because you're so good to me that I feel strong enough to face this, Sean. And I don't even know exactly what this is. I just know that I'm close to some sort of discovery. Close to something really big. And I need just a little more time if you can give it. But you... You, Sean Brownlee, are more important to me than anything I find here in Cedar City. And if you need me to, I will hang up this phone and come home right now this minute. No, it's okay. His voice softened. I just miss you, baby, and I, I don't like the direction this is going. You're always working, and you're not even home when you're home anymore, you know? I want us... I want... He stopped for a minute, and Sophie didn't speak. Then he said, "'I want us to have a family someday, "'and at this rate, that's never going to happen.' Sophie felt tears sting the back of her eyes. "'I do too, Sean. "'You do what?' "'Want to have a family.' "'Well?' He heard the tears in his wife's voice and tried to lighten the mood. You'll have to come home for us to do anything about that. And he laughed a soft laugh. She laughed, too. I love you, Sean. I love you, too, Soph. But don't try and drive home tonight, okay? It's all right. Go find out what you need to find out. Then get a room somewhere and call me when you're settled in. Thank you, Sean. I love you. They sat on the phone in silence for a moment. Love you, too. Sean hung up. Sophie started the car and pulled away from the curb in front of Khan's house. The sun was getting low as Sophie headed back toward town. She was lost in her thoughts, dreaming about what Sean had said about having a family, unable to comprehend that both Dr. Green and Dr. Horowitz had come back suicide, shielding her eyes from the glare of the sun, had Dr. Horowitz believed it was a suicide. Sophie knew it was too late to call Rosie. She'd have gone home for the day by now. Sophie wished she could have Rosie read her the letters. Maybe there was something in them that would explain this. But then, shoot, she made a wrong turn. She turned left too soon off Main Street. She had wanted to go all the way to 2nd North to head back toward the freeway, She had noticed a nice-looking motel right by the freeway exit. Sophie drove another block west and was about ready to turn toward 200 north when she saw all the people walking, some dressed in long skirts, couples arm-in-arm. She stopped at the stop sign and looked to her left. Yes, it was the Shakespearean Festival. These were the buildings she had walked around just a few hours ago. It felt like a lifetime ago. Sophie saw a car pulling away from the curb up ahead and pulled in to take its place. She got out of her car and walked toward the crowd that had gathered on a small hill in front of a stage outside the Adams Theater. She stood off to the side of the throng and smelled strong coffee nearby. A man standing a few feet away was sipping from a Styrofoam cup. It looked so good. Sophie wandered down to the concession's window and ordered a mocha latte. She listened to the minstrel music coming from the stage. She smiled at the thought of finally being here at the festival, then had a pang of longing for Sean that made her close her eyes and breathe deeply. Here's your latte. The girl in a peasant top behind the counter brought her back. Oh, thank you, Sophie replied. What's the play tonight? She asked nonchalantly. Hamlet, the girl answered, box office is right inside to your right. Sophie walked off in that direction, not intending to buy a ticket, and yet that is exactly what she did, and just in the nick of time. She got her ticket and walked back outside just as they were finishing the green show and ringing the bell for everyone to take their seats. Sophie had a small pang of guilt that she ought not to be indulging in a play in the middle of everything that was happening, that she wasn't here to entertain herself, she was here to serve Ike Johnson. But then the language came to her as she stood near the back entrance The play's the thing. She was drawn here, to this place, to this play, this night. Maybe she would learn something, see something in a different way, that would show her the truth. She took her seat in the balcony off to the side and waited for the play to begin. The actors were shockingly good. They projected earthy voices filled with emotion out into the audience with no benefit of amplification. Sophie could hear every word from her seat in the balcony. She glanced quickly at the other patrons. Every face was riveted on the stage, even the teenage boy sitting in the row in front of her, slightly to the left. The lead played Hamlet exquisitely. He was driven and powerful and so lost. Claudius was pitiable, and Gertrude was revolting. And Ophelia, sweet Ophelia, she kills herself, throws herself into a river and drowns. Wait, was it a suicide? Shakespeare never comes right out and says Ophelia commits suicide. Everyone assumes it was. Why do they assume that? They assume she was sick with love and Hamlet's cruelty, sick with the loss of her beloved father. But what if she didn't fall into the river by accident? What if she had no intention of killing herself? What if she was mad and incapable of the intention to kill herself? Sophie's mind raced. Was Maddie Ophelia? Ophelia? Was she driven to suicide by the pain of the loss of her father, or was everyone missing the truth?